Hello listeners, through to beam up, Abby Paul and myself Chelsea stand with Black Lives Matter and we do not condone racism, hatred, or bigotry. Today we will discuss Day of the Dove, episode th three of season seven, which presents issues related to the current socio-political climate and which is rich for discussion of these subjects. We'd also like to note a trigger warning for this episode for mentions of rape. As always, thank you for listening and we hope that you enjoy this podcast. I would think that I wouldn't really like this episode. I think it was really transparent and the pacing was kind of slow. Um, but I found myself entranced because of its uh, current cultural relevance. Did you guys find that as well? I don't know that it made it more interesting to watch. I still was pretty, although honestly, I forgot most of this episode going in. So I, I had two. This is maybe the most Klingon heavy episode in the series. I think it is. Oh, yeah, right. and I had forgotten it as well. Maybe Trouble with Tribbles would be the next. Probably. Um, but perhaps. I had forgotten so maybe much like, of it. Let this, not, or, yeah, I, I, this one, I completely forgot this one too. Yeah. Strangely. So I actually it's like I've never sure. even seen it. I wasn't sure where it was going a lot of the time, and I kept going. I don't. I, some of the tension was working okay for me in the beginning, but I still was just like, I have no idea where this is going, and I don't know what the sparkly creature is or what it wants, and I don't remember. <laughs> and then it. Well, we never really sort of figured that out. No. Right? No, and kind of. Yeah, but there's you no... figure out it feeds off of like hatred from bigot from like yeah from like racism especially. Yeah, I mean let, let's go you know thirty thousand feet up at this episode right. This this is an episode about racism right. This oh is for an episode sure. Episode about like a hundred percent right. And and if 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 you pull out the sci-fi from it, um, thirty thousand feet up, it's an episode that is is talking is how all these different races that are on the ship and this quote unquote enemy race. <laughs> in their universe um how they get along and how this outside force is sort of forcing them uh to fight each other yes right. the outside force being the... just like a literal like <laughs> just just literal <laughs> magic <hatred>. space cloud magic <laughs> yeah. space cloud right yeah but but i mean yes but it's li i mean like the, the it's barely it's not even subtext right it's it's yeah. just it's hatred or yeah. or or racism bigotry it's all those things yeah, and they address it just in, in a little script. sparkly cloud yeah, it's right. almost I mean, just like evil personified, not even personified because it's not it's even. It's sparkly lights. But just just yeah. distilled evil space cloud. Very and that's much... what I mean. It, it was so transparent. It's it's childlike. It's so transparent. So normally I wouldn't really go for that. But because of what's happening right now, I was really into it. Yeah, I don't it, actually know that it's a great episode. But yeah, because again, at, at 30,000 feet up, it, it, you know, it, you could make a lot of parallels to it. It, it. it it's very reminiscent of the Savage Curtain, though, too, right? It's just that mm -hmm. that thing, that rock monster talked. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, that one, 
I think this one is more successful than Savage Garden. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Mm, I don't think it's completely Um, unsuccessful. I just think, I think because it is kind of so bonk bonk on the head with the message, it kind of demeans it a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, I was interested. Um, Here, we can go back to the beginning. What a bizarre landing party. Kirk, Chekhov, McCoy in a red shirt. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Yeah, like, like well, you'd think a, if a, a colony had been destroyed, there would be more. There would be definitely McCoy, definitely Kirk, just because yeah. Kirk can't stay out of anything. But I would assume yeah. it would be a lot of like security personnel. Yeah, wouldn't there be a lot more security? And what the heck is Chekhov doing there? Except that like this episode oddly revolves around him in a weird with his, way. Like, infantilization, yeah, this like childlike characterization of him. But then he's also like a super creeper. Yeah, Chekhov, it's also, boy, I guess we'll talk about this much, much later, but this, okay, I'm also going to toss this out earlier because this this creature doesn't have a name, but they do talk about it as an alien life force, right? Right, um, right. Which yeah. is the same way that you get to Elf, uh, which is alien life form in the TV series <laughs> Elf from um, Oh, yeah, 80s. that's true. <laughs> um, so there's no way not to call this thing Elf, right? I'm fine with it. I think that makes sense. It is appropriate. I'll probably still say Sparkle Cloud, but yeah. Elf sparkle is fine cloud. with me. I just called um, it Sparkly Lights all over my notes. And just noted that, you know, very, you can never very... trust Sparkly Lights in Star Trek. None of them are good. Yeah. That is true. We have learned that multiple times. <laughs> but it's another one of these situations that's very problematic for the characters in that this thing can seemingly possess people or just... Oh, who knows what it can do? It influences them. their memories, yeah. certainly. It definitely, it makes, yes. Right, it makes Chekhov believe he had a brother. Yeah. Okay, that part, yeah, so apparently it can, it's like, in some way, yeah, like you're saying, possessive, like it's, it can like go into your mind. Like, that's extremely disturbing. That's like, um, who is, who's the person we just talked about, Bones' ex-lover from the, yeah. the pilot well, the episode? The salt monster? Nancy. Yeah, yeah, Salt Monster. It's like her, how she can go into your head. And, and we like but decided that was a really powerful power. But she didn't even... She just like looked in there and then changed her form to relate to it. She didn't right. change things mm-hmm. and be like, oh, you grew up on a different planet or something. Yeah. Or like, this no. group of people killed your, your family. And it um, makes me wonder why this creature isn't using that power more. We Yeah. I mean, I know why, because plot, and because it has to be wrapped up in 50 minutes. But, like, if I were that creature, I would have made them all think that, like, you know, they killed each other's mothers. Right? Yeah, this one barely wrapped up in 50 minutes. Let's toss that out there. Yeah, um, it ends so it very abruptly. Push it to the end. It, it's like... It did. I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah. It ends very much like a lot of the sci-fi of the late 70s and 80s, where they get to the 11th hour, and then they just say, like, oh, yeah. it flies away. Or, this like, it's was... very reminiscent of... Uh, v or um a lot of yeah a lot of those this was yeah. full defense against the dark arts class with the bog art and they just laughter killed it like that sure. was <laughs> sure. that was it yeah you're right that is that yep so i have another question with this opening which is how many colonies are annihilated in tos <laughs> several well, but this so was this even a colony? no it wasn't it seems like it wasn't it was right? not Oh shit! I never got that at all. Are you kidding? Me? Oh yeah, no, the colony yeah, never they were existed. Yeah, both lured there. <laughs> yeah, oh, both I thought it did. Klingons were lured there. P- presumably, the Klingons were also going there to like defend a Klingon colony or something. Or something. And that's Holy what they were told. Guacamole! I didn't get that at all. I think you're right, but I thought it had legitimately destroyed. No, 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 no. There was no colony. 
<laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, but that makes it less a... powerful in my mind. I'm glad we care. No, but it makes it. it potentially more powerful because it right. got them to like go to a planet that they could have checked in their databases and said like this isn't there's so no colony the there or it altered or... the databases yeah it could have altered them Holy on cow. both ships from a distance that's to bring powerful them there. so well it can clearly travel through space so that presumably um it's unclear right well, well it makes the ship, show it in space go fast yeah warp nine yes but it's also one of those creatures where they interact with it on the planet they beam it up right True. the, the pretense is that he says wide beam just beam up everything it gets beamed up with them um and then it never leaves the ship until the very very end and we don't know well, we cast ridiculous right? and we get rid of the but yeah. presumably it wouldn't have left the ship if it couldn't survive in space uh, i guess I mean, why wouldn't you have just, like, gone into, like, the nacelles and hung out? Yeah. None of it makes sense. The monster why it left does at all. not make sense. Yeah. Okay. The, again, right, the monster true. only <laughs> makes sense as, a, as a, a plot tool, again, from this very high level, that, like, it's some unknown force, right? It's some weird unknown force like... saying... This could have been better if, like, somehow the Klingons and the Enterprise crew end up on this planet at the same time, and then it's, like, space spores again, and they run into this plant that makes them more aggressive, and things happen, and then eventually they figure out yeah. that if I exert this specific kind of hormone or emotional press in my body, that gets rid of the negative bits of the space spore cloud thing... And then everybody's fine, and we wouldn't have had this weird space lights doing things, and it would have made more sense. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I like that a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> and because the message is still there, right? right? The message is still the same. Right. That, like, but it's a little less obvious. It's a little more mature. It's a little more adult. Yeah, yeah it's just it gives it yeah. more of a like. I guess it's more of a choice yeah. almost, where you, when you're right. Uh, I don't know. And the spores. The spores make everything better. Spores do make everything do. better. We've already We've established. That. We need the spores in our lives. But God, yeah, the way this is executed is how I would expect an episode of the animated series to be executed. Yeah. That's what I mean. Well, it's, it's childlike. It's like meant for for kids because it's it's like that. Well, and I mean it. Yeah. Again, the message works in both places. I think it, the trick is that they have the Klingons in this universe. That are already, well, boy, to step in puns, because um, <laughs> we need to talk about the idea, because I was going to say that they're already like painted as an evil race, which has so many double meanings in it, in even that statement, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> because of the way that they are uh, literally painted um, oh. to, to sort of have darker skin, right? To, um... Do you want to jump to that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I think that's something that's very important to talk about. I mean, anytime you talk about Klingons. It's true. Certainly. Well, no, this is this is actually... So in TOS, I went back and I checked screenshots of the other episodes. So Romulan Sarek episode and, of course, Trouble with Tribbles are the ones I checked. And the Klingons are white uh, in those episodes. In, in, and, um, and here they're very obviously in blackface. They didn't use black actors, um, yep. which obviously would have been the better choice. Um and it's it's also poorly done makeup. King's oh wife yes. Mara, her her, yeah, her skin makeup. changes color like yeah. three the different times depending on the day they're the shooting. The wigs are terrible. The makeup is terrible. It's it's yes. very bad. It's oh my god. 
For many so reasons, it's the black, very bad. Right. Yes. The black face is a poor choice. Obviously. Well, so I, I, there's a there's a, a question there that I think is interesting, and I don't think that we, I don't, right? None of us are are uh, persons of color, so I think it would be very interesting to to sort of ask that question of, of someone who can answer it better. But um, you you tossed out that like they could have had all the Klingons be black actors, which I think right. is also tricky, yeah. right? Um, it is the choice, right? If they had just had this whole race, since Kl- the Klingons are just ostensibly enemies of the federation right they're the enemy so that's so right so i have a point with this no well so so they made it not just the klingons as like this this alien race they made it not xeno racism they purposefully made them brown to to hammer the metaphor in that this is about black and white people yeah right which they do in some other episodes too right let this be your last battlefield maybe the best but um Yes, but this episode, it's really noticeable because they are what, like, like, Sarek is also Spock's father, right? <laughs> like, Wait, actual Sarek, not Romulan yeah. Sarek. Yeah, because... but Romulan Sarek is the same person. He's not in makeup. Yeah, so they, like, they ham, again, they hammered home this message in such a, like, if it had been Jazino racism, we would have gotten it. But they also made it black and white people racism. There is definitely it's it's easier to make that tie in and it's hard harder to escape that message the way they're doing it um yeah and it's unfortunate that that's the way they did it but it's it's sort of unfortunate the klingons are just painted so I, literally again black and white against the federation um which is again tricky in this early sci-fi um because they want whole species to be right romulans are the enemy uh, the federation is not is good yeah there's not shades of gray it's it's yeah, exactly. As there are in later series. Um, yeah. It's... Well, I mean, I I do often think they paint the Klingons with a lot of symphony, sim- sympathy uh, and the symphony, apparently. I mean, like, like you feel really bad for Sarek and his ship, and you think they have a lot of honor when he essentially... But that's Romulan. Wait, but that's Romulan. That's Romulan. Oh, damn it. I keep thinking he's Klingon. You're right. You're right. Did you guys notice the set? Um that it was, uh, I believe, I could be wrong, the reused Sparkle Rocks from Obsession. I, Is that? I didn't notice. They, I, I didn't notice. Yeah. I just noticed the Well, I, I only noticed, we talked about Obsession fairly recently. Yeah, and, and they, like, they phaser the Sparkle Rocks to get a chunk of them out. Spot yeah. does. Yeah, so I noticed that the rocks, I think, were the same or similar. And I also really appreciated the hot pink dyed feathers for the I, yeah, Those were what I noticed. <laughs> More than the rocks. Ten out of ten, I would recommend. I want those in my room. <laughs> those are amazing. Uh, um, I also liked the early version of Worf's sash. I can't remember if we've seen that before. I don't remember. I was trying to remember too, because yeah, it's it, it. I definitely had the thought of like, oh, Worf, but <laughs> I don't remember if we had seen the sash like that before on a Klingon. I don't think we have, I, but I can't remember if in TOS it's existed. Well, and this yeah, is I can't late, remember. right? This is a very late episode. Is this? It is. It, mid, so uh, they've already had Klingons three. in a bunch of those. At, yeah, um, we've had right? Klingons. A lot of the episodes yeah. we talked about. Yeah, they're not happened. introducing them. Yeah. Um, well, uh, what'd you think of Mara's eye makeup? Oh my God. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You just can't talk I about can't. it. You're too traumatized. I'm too, I am too traumatized. I can't. It was horrible. <laughs> they did have, I mean, there were a lot of 
extras in costumes, right? So they, yeah, there were. Um, there really right? were. They made a lot of Klingon um, clothes. Costumes, yeah, costumes. they did. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, they probably had some of them lying around from Tribbles and stuff, because that yeah, episode also has a lot. But it, um, again, I, I don't think there's an episode where there's this many Klingons. Uh, yeah, I don't um, know. It's maybe, a lot. Um, Private Little War, right? That might be the only other one, if I'm remembering right. right. Um, but I don't think there's even that many there, so. Yeah. Um, also, guys, have you noticed, I think we've talked about this before, that in the TOS, whenever something's badass, it gets glitter or sparkles. <laughs> And so, like, their sashes are one, but Bones' sparkly space bandages in this episode are another. And the space cloud is another. That's sparkly in Mirror Mirror when they're wearing the glitter sashes. I just love it that, like, glitter is the universal power of, like, (laughs) just, like, (laughs) the the epitome of strength. (laughs) Like, that was the 60s mentality. They were like, yes. Just throw glitter on (laughs) it. Like, sparkle things. Sparkles show <laughs> power and class. <laughs> yeah, and the only other note I have while we're hanging out in sets and costumes and stuff is that um, I know this is the remastered edition, but we don't get to see a lot of explosions in TOS. Oh yeah, because the Klingon yeah. ship, right? Is yeah, the Klingon about. ship explodes. You do in a later series. It happens all the time, but not in TOS. Yeah, and presumably they did in the original as well, although I didn't see that. Yeah, frankly, that's a much harder effect yeah. for them to uh, to do. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good point. So I think one of the challenges, um, one of the other challenges here, um, we've talked about in other episodes. Boy, a very recent one, right? Um, we were, uh, anyway, um, when they have people that are being mind-controlled, right? Yes, that they I was don't, thinking that. That they don't wink at the camera a little more. Yes. So um, you're right. So Paul, we talked about that last week. Yeah, was that just last week? I know it's Yeah, it was with Nancy. Times. Uh with, oh, with the right, right, right. who takes over McCoy. Um yeah, that's right. Um Yeah, because yeah, and that's a great example. Because it, it's one of these where like when McCoy comes onto the bridge, um oh, man. they haven't had a wink at the camera. And it is like I left that scene and it's like, well, you know, knowing what I know about the series, like it, it seems like he has to be compromised by this creature. But the fact that it was like an open question in my mind of like, is Bones just this bad of a person or is he compromised? Well, it's even earlier than like, that scene on the bridge. The scene before it's that. It's Chekhov. Is... Yeah, when Chekhov. Well, with Chekhov. No, 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 not with Chekhov. Is Chekhov clearly... is very clearly not himself. No, I'm, clearly, at, I'm right? at McCoy. There's an earlier scene with McCoy that he, he behaves in a weird manner that I went, that seems off i don't we the we know what a klingon is yeah 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 it's yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah it's then it's like we know what a klingon is yeah well, it's, and... yeah with chekhov in the the lift right is no the... i think it's earlier than i don't remember i don't remember exactly what it is. I, I have it near the beginning of yeah my it's notes, it's so near the beginning, but early. but there is that scene before bones is on the bridge where he talks in a way that i'm just like even for bones is weird kind of sometimes xenophobic comments i'm like that's even weird for him and then when they had that scene on the bridge i was like oh he's been compromised okay (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. i I, mean bones like uses xenophobia mostly in a joking manner which i'm not saying is good (laughs) or okay but he is not 
he's not awful. No, and he was right. But that's a trick, right? But we've yeah. seen episodes where people get written very differently by different writers. Right. So it's not absurd to think that that could just be Bones, right? Well, just, no, I mean, he's mean. But when he's mean, it's it's usually to Spock. <laughs> and it's it's I mean, usually about, uh, about Jim. No, it's usually <laughs> about Jim. And they've been put in some sort of, of situation. We haven't seen Arena yet, but that's one of the ones where he apologizes for it. And basically is like, we're both worried about Jim. Like, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's, it is worth tossing out that like he, a lot of the comments that Bones makes throughout the series are at their core racist comments. Right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, I think it's, it's the which most this episode, problematic aspect of his character. Which this episode highlights a lot because they have that, that you know, and that's not even Bones, right? That's um, Scotty. Is that right? Oh, Scotty does um, it too. Yeah, yeah. Scotty does I think, it too. And I think Scotty's is much more of a wink at the camera, right? Where they're saying, like, Scotty's fully compromised by this creature. Oh, yeah. You never see so Scotty making top. comments. Well, actually, um, that's not true. He, him and Chekhov, actually, this is very reminiscent of Tribbles, which I know we haven't talked about. Sure, sure. But they both do that uncompromised. They make similar comments, uncompromised sure. in Trouble with Tribbles. And then they get into a fist fight. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but yeah, this one I think is very over the top, especially with Spock, right? Oh, um, yeah. Once Spock says it, you're like, oh, crap. Something's horribly <laughs> wrong. Yeah. That yeah. whole bit with Spock, I was just like, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. And he gets angry, too. Yeah. Right? Like... Like it's controlled anger, but he's yeah, still, but he's, he's clearly, clearly compromised. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah. And do we want to so, go into? No. So we've talked about this a little bit, but do we want to get to Chekhov and just get it over with? <laughs> I think if we're talking about that scene with Scotty, I think that that scene, and then we can move to Chekhov. Um, I think that one of the, the the things that is effective about that scene, though, is that it is a very uncomfortable scene. Mm. Right? It's a terrifically uncomfortable scene. Oh yeah, um, between Scotty, Scotty, and, Spock, and, and Kirk. Spock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And it is, I think this is the place that this episode does some of this well, right? That, um, well, and again, as well as it, it can, or that's the big, like, again, not in the, the nitpicky parts, but the, like, 30,000 feet up, um, is the, like, making the viewer uncomfortable in this and, like, recognizing how uncomfortable they feel when, like, Scotty is doing this or when Spock is doing this and, and putting you in the shoes of Kirk, who is stepping in and saying, this is not okay, um, is a, at least on the surface there, a powerful, again, big picture moment. Right, it's barbaric. And then that is immediately re-emphasized by the fact that right after that, we get the switch to swords. So, like, uh, I think that serves, uh, I mean, the, I, I don't think love swords the were swords. much earlier, right? I think swords no, were much no, earlier. No, I have it right here in my notes. Right now we're switching to, like, like that. right after that is when Scotty goes, and then, like, the phaser room is... Switch oh, to he... swords, and all of a sudden, and but like that highlights the barbarianism of right, like like they're barely they're not in the the twenty third century anymore, right? Like they've been transported back to this like time of terribleness, essentially. Yeah. Anyway, Chekhov is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's point. So okay, I think it's fascinating how Chekhov is portrayed. He is a monster, but he's simultaneously portrayed as as a as a kid, right? Yeah, and he is possessed. I will give him at least that he is possessed. Sure. However, well, can we talk about that? How? What is the alien doing? Is the alien acting on like um, 
like impulses that a person naturally has. Because if if it is, then Chekhov's way it more It is disturbing. not explained. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that it is just because it makes Chekhov think that like he had family destroyed by the Klingons when he yeah exactly. was an only saw. child. <laughs> so yeah, and I, again, that's the biggest wink at the camera that we get in the episode of like, look, he's not acting sane because the creature is doing stuff. Well, and and, and right. like or right. even early on when they're on the planet and he's so aggressive, I was I was like. This Chekhov's usually oh, yeah. really easygoing and just kind of like Russians are the greatest civilization like that, and that's basically just Chekhov. Whereas when he's actually like upset about stuff, I'm like, this is why. <laughs> and and when he's aggressive about the Klingons, and he's like, my brother, my brother, and I'm like, what is happening? And then there's the Sulu line, like he's an only child, <laughs> and. So that's what I was wondering. So, like, is, like, if is the creature, like, acting on a passing thought of Chekhov's, like, oh, she's pretty with that outrageous eye makeup? <laughs> or is, like, that, like, an impulse, like, Chekhov has? Or is that just, like, something that the creature is... Feeding off of? Yeah. Yeah, or making him do yeah, completely. It's, it's unclear, because we don't know the powers of the creature ever. It's not explained. Uh, it... Uh... It's just, it's so horrifying. It's so horrifying. There's, that that whole scene is so awful in so many ways. Like, it's well shot because you see her face and you can see that, like, like every woman I know, Chelsea, I'm sure you've had this experience as well, where you don't know for sure how you're going to get out of this, if you get, you're going to get out of this, and what you're going to have to do. Like, like... I mean, every woman I have ever met has had that moment, and sometimes it's gone poorly, and sometimes you get out of it, but that look on her face, I know that look, and it was, it was horrible. And it's horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it's, as an actress, yeah, it's sad and terrible that women, I think, all women just instinctively know how to draw on that. Yeah, I I think... (laughs) Even, you know, in the 60s when it was honestly socially acceptable, every woman had to have that in the in her back pocket. Like, it's just, it's just what you, it is just your life and that's just your experience. I mean, I, I have never been sexually assaulted, but I've been harassed. I have had people touch me uh, without imitation. I, you know, I mean, like every woman I've ever met. And yep. that scene is just absolutely horrific for yeah for many yeah. reasons and i do not think that kirk is overreacting no no uh, he isn't when he comes in and pulls him off and then like basically beats him to unconscious yeah no i think that's appropriate and it, however i did have that one moment afterwards of the the line that spock has is just like it's not his fault and i'm like i yeah. don't know that that's true <laughs> That's where it gets. That's, yeah. So that's where it's dicey. Is it him or some like like latent like like part of him or like in which they allude like TOS does this a lot like they right like they allude to like that like every man has this like rapey part of him like when Kirk and the transporter accident mm-hmm. like the first thing like the bad part of him does is like goes to try to rape Rand and you're like what is that like the first thing like a like a bad part of a like man would do I don't Apparently. know. But, like, in T- 
TOS's mind, I think. Like it definitely um, is. Like that's well, and even playing. later yeah. on when she is helping them, when she's seen the creature and all that, and she goes to try to talk to Kang and is like, "You need to listen to them. They're actually telling the truth." And he sees that her top's been ripped, and then he's yeah. a monster, like basically victim blaming, and it's horrific. And I just, oh, I just, I have so many. Horrible feelings. Anyway. Uh, but that's, it's also that scene that I'm talking about with this weird, like, dichotomy of Chekhov. Like, Kirk knocks him out and then is, like, immediately super remorseful and then picks him up like a little kid. Yeah, which is Or weird. like a bride, whichever you want. But I'm going to go with little kid. I think that's the Yeah, that's it's the definitely the there. child. And, and it was the same thing before. Like, he couldn't stand to watch Chekhov tortured at the beginning of the episode. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's like two different parts where Chekhov is portrayed as this like kid, like this sweet, like darling almost. Um, yeah, which I think is meant, I think that's probably purposeful for this episode. You're meant to feel sorry for Chekhov and to be on his side. So maybe you can tolerate that scene and, and be on the side if it's not his fault. Um, I mean, that's what I would have tried to do as a writer if I didn't want everyone to, you know, hate Chekhov for the rest of the time. Yeah, it's maybe, I mean, using Chekhov to do it is maybe the problem because you, you get into this situation where Kirk has to have, again, that hallway scene is a bad scene for Kirk because the optics on it, whether or not um, whether or not he's standing there and, like, Chekhov is possessed, um, him standing there and saying, like, it's not his fault is a bad optics. Yeah. Right? It's not. It's not. Well, Spock um, says that, yeah. There's Spock, well, Kirk says something, though, right? Kirk's regret, right, of punching him, but it's like, Kirk needs to step in there and punch yeah, him absolutely. and knock him unconscious. Like that's that's perfectly that's the the good optics in that. I scene. think the only and then to back away from. I it, think the only way that could have been saved in the moment in the writing for you to not hate Chekhov because I'm sorry, even even just per- Kirk pulling away and hitting him and whatever is not enough for me. He needs to have that. I think Chekhov needed to have that snap out of it moment that Kirk has. That's just like, yeah. and that oh my god, and that too. McCoy eventually has. That's just like, yeah. what have I done? What, yeah. what have I done? Because otherwise, I don't think it works. And to yeah, be fair, agree. he might have had that, and it might have been cut because it did seem like this episode was running over in time. Well, but he's unconscious, right? He gets carried yeah. out unconscious, so oh, I he meant needs later. to have it in that scene. I think. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, even that, if he woke up from that and was like, "Holy shit, like, what have I done?" Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. Now There's that I've been hit in the head and concussed. This happens in the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, I'm, I've classic, snapped out of it. The old classic hit him in the head. And no and better. They... <laughs> like Hawkeye and Avengers. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, I know. I know. Why I know. is every was, female yes. on TOS assaulted or harassed? Like, why is it that every single one? Every one of them. I mean, we know why. Because I mean, yes, because it's because patriarchy. patriarchy. It's because the sixties. I know. I just get really. But it's not just sick of it. Like it's not just that. Like I mean, you watch current shows. I know. And no, I know it hasn't ended. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I know it hasn't ended. It's just. Uh... Well, so the the question is: Does the Chekhov story add anything to this? Um, I argue no. Because it doesn't. Um. It doesn't further the story because I think the point of the episode is anti-racism. And I don't think the Chekhov storyline does anything for that message. I I think they could have replaced it with something else that would have done the same thing. 
So, so but, I think yeah, that I, it's it's designed to horrify you, and in that check it, it and accomplishes check. that. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's like it's designed to show you as much as they could at the time that this is like a terror. Like this creature is causing people to do like the worst possible things. That's a, okay. That's murder, an interesting. Right? That's an interesting spin on it. Yeah. I think I do think that's the point, and so like they couldn't think of anything else that they could show. Besides well, or this murder. was the first. This was the first thing they tossed out, and then they went with it. Um, maybe, but that's yeah. a good point on it because it, this episode does run again. The, the ending is kind of crammed in there, so that was my my wonder if like if you didn't have the Chekhov stuff in there, could right. you have spent more time on this A story? Doing something else. Yeah, I don't know. Um... So yes, I think this question of who's affected and why they're affected is really interesting because it's Bones, it's Chekhov, it's Scotty. It's the more emotional characters. Kirk can throw it off like the Imperial. Because it's Kirk, he's always immune. Because it's Kirk. (laughs) Spock is essentially immune, but it like feels a tingle of it and is horrified, right? So he almost punches Scotty, right? He's he's got his arm up to come in. He comes close. Yes. Yeah, so he's, so like this, you know, racism. I don't know. Do you guys think that you would be affected? Well, so I think um, before we even answer that, so I think an important part of this that is also kind of a miss for this episode um, is that you didn't, and this is part of the episode because the episode doesn't make it this way, but you didn't mention the Klingons at all in that, um, which is also an open question, right? And and Right, we just don't know the Klingons. And see, that's, and I think that's the big problem more with this series right that um because there are klingons we just assume that they're acting aggressively in all of this and if it really was the case that like this is just another race that we came across um out in the universe right they were running into races all the time right and now both sides are fighting and it turns out to be this creature and like the story is about how uh it's how racism uh just shows up in the universe right how that's the easy way to do this and it's the wrong way to do this um then i think that that makes that story a little i don't know yeah i don't know the 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 fact that the klingons that we don't immediately say you know the klingons also under this is also potentially problematic right well and they have to be right because she snaps out of it and king steps mara and king both snap out of it they both have those moments Right. Yeah, but it's harder to see him, right? But it's harder and... to tell. It's really hard to tell. Well, and it's not just because it's not because I mean I do think it's partially because they're Klingons, but it's partially because again what you said, Paul. There's a dog there. <laughs> when um when you don't know characters, it's hard to see their like sudden redemption arc. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think with her it's more obvious. Yeah. I think it could have yeah. been solved if instead of the horrible Chekhov storyline that does nothing to serve the overall message of the show, I think they could have done a kind of reverse um, point of view where we spent at the beginning of the episode, we spend time with the Klingons for a little while inexplicably and get to know them a little bit. And then we have the episode kind of where it starts and then go back and forth a little bit more between them because we don't spend that much time with the Klingons in the episode. And because of yeah. that, right. I think it, it 
it Except does a little, a we, yeah her as a prisoner and that doesn't do much like which doesn't doesn't yeah she has like three lines but well boy that would be an interesting open yeah right? if if the if the open wasn't on the enterprise if the open was on this klingon yeah ship, and they get a distress call they get it whatever some regular mm-hmm. mission right they're on a, a, a yeah. mission of mercy to use a different title of a different episode right <laughs> errand of mercy um which is also is that also a klingon episode anyway um they're on an errand of mercy, right? They're going to a, a different Klingon outpost or something to deliver supplies. And then they get this distress call and they show up on a planet and an outpost is seemingly destroyed and the Enterprise is there. And then the ship starts blowing up um, and then they're down on the planet. And then you switch to the perspective of the Enterprise. It's like, whoa, what has the Enterprise done, yeah. right? What right. has the Enterprise done to these people? Um, like, is the Federation in the wrong? And yeah, that would paint you a very different picture on this. And would have been way more interesting. Or even if they were just like trying to do something together, like negotiate a treaty or meet up for peaceful talks or transport something, medical supplies between, you know, something. It's probably the case that they blew up the Klingon ship because they didn't have a Klingon set. Let's talk about that. But, you know, they don't have Romulan sets either. They just redress stuff. It's fine. True. Well, the Romulan one. That episode was much earlier, right? Was that a Spartan Cirque? That's that's season season one. Yeah. And I do think they did just redress the TOS. Yeah, I think they redressed the image. Or engineering. Did they ever show the inside of a Klingon ship in TOS? I don't think so. Not. Uh, I don't think so. In the in the movies, yes. In the movies, in the but, movies, but, but not but in the, TOS. Uh, and I, I wonder about the animated series. I don't know. Well, I mean, this is the only time in, in TOS where we see a female Klingon. Right. Uh, yeah. Is that? Is yes, that true? it is. I looked it up. Because <laughs> there's none in yeah. There's none in Tribbles. No, this is the only one. I looked it up. Wow, okay, yeah. But, yeah, it's... There's... I'm thinking of all these ways I can fix this episode. (laughs) I know. So, so speaking of... Okay, so back to the alien. You know how it just, like, leaves and then people feel remorse? Yeah. Like, McCoy feels the remorse, Kirk feels the remorse, uh, Spock feels the remorse. What is causing it to leave? Unclear. Just floating Did around. anyone have any ideas? No. This okay. alien yeah, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, this alien is, is... It is a MacGuffin. I mean, we also could just call it, yeah, plot device, the alien, right? Again, if you if you dig into this this elf at all a little, um, it just... There's nothing to it. Um, it. I think it only makes sense from a very high level, like 30,000 feet looking down. Um, okay. Otherwise, there's just nothing Ooh. to it. It is a literal, like... 60s space cloud villain that they don't defeat well they they like win a battle i suppose but they certainly right it just wanders away yeah it doesn't nothing happens the ending is like from its point of view is kind of like cool i guess i'll go find another ship yeah like they don't capture it um, they don't destroy it it just i do love that scene though um, I think those lines are probably what I'm going to use for the board. The McCoy, gentlemen, if we are pawns, you're looking at one who's extremely sorry. And Spock saying, I understand, doctor. I too felt a brief surge of racial bigotry. Most distasteful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, I think the last, as much as we're kind of pinging it from a sci-fi standpoint as a, like, again, super, the end of some of these series where someone just flies away or something, um, the scene at the end, the Kirk speech. Yeah. Um, at the end, where he's standing in front of a row of Klingons, and then all of them like come to, um, to stand in front of him in this like 
almost postcard image of saying like we will not tolerate this like this is not how we do this like you are not wanted here you racist cloud ridiculous uh, space cloud um yeah <laughs> and then and then they just i mean the laughing is is weird but like i think that scene is the impactful scene of the uh of the episode right that's the thing that they spent Absolutely. all the time getting to of saying look all of us are now standing in harmony saying this is not the way this should go down right um like yeah, we're better de- than this it's defeated by camaraderie yeah with a good camera angle right the camera angle from that top corner from its perspective um which shows them united sort of, kind yeah, of in this like amoeba like blob of, of standing side by side right which ties together a lot of this um but it's yeah it's tricky getting there <laughs> through this episode yeah guys i will say um when kirk used security properly um, at the beginning of the episode, after the beaming <laughs> to capture them, I was one shocked and two delighted. <laughs> the only time security officers actually do their job well. <laughs> I mean, then they don't because he apparently leaves them unguarded yeah. and then in like, a big room. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. like could not see that coming? But well, initially, security does a good. So good. Well, job. I will say, no matter what he had done, right? This space cloud has many powers. Gonna, that yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. If he had put them in a, because I have a note, is do you not have a brig? But if he had put them in a brig, the space cloud would have just like made the walls disappear or, or whatever. Um, it is right. Um, this is a place where they sort of um, break the use of teleporters by saying that they could basically just store patterns there as long as they want, which is not how that works <laughs> in most cases, right? The pattern buffer is not holding everyone from that ship for as long as they want. Um, and they can't usually separate out like that. Uh, well, so I think, right. So I think Spock pulled them up. Yeah, you're right. Because no, you're right. Because they picked up everybody all in one sweep. Yeah. And then it's, they just it said, was like, a wide you sweep. first. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not that's how, not how that teleporting plays works. out in later. Because also, that would break it in so many ways. Right. Yeah. Um, later, they could just be like, oh, there's Klingons down in engineering. Beam them into the buffer. And then I guess we'll just go to a starbase or whatever. Which Also, they make a big deal out of the inner ship beaming, which yeah. is later used all the time, at least. Yeah, this is the only time in TOS. Yeah, it seems... Is it the yep, only time in TOS? Is. Okay. It seems like it would be easier, frankly, but... Yeah, who needs to walk? Right. Let's <laughs> just be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like one of these things that uh, I guess it breaks some of the story arcs, which is why they've not done it in other places. But um, if you're beaming in the same, you know, you're in the same frame of reference, right? If you're beaming to a planet, you're orbiting that planet. You have to account yeah. for the fact that you're in, like, you're moving relative to it. Um, it's rotating, all this sort of stuff. If you're just saying, like, teleporter's here, and now I want to go 10 feet over, like, that should be easier. I think the trick is it's a moving ship. Like, they're going to warp nine, right? Yeah, but so is, the te- so is the teleporter, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah, right, relative right. to their so location be, yeah, yeah, and their destination saying. are relative to each other, not moving. They're stationary. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Guys, what do you think of those sword fights? Oh, man. Oh, the sword fights. I I thought there was some poor staging. Well, yeah. Also, Scotty's sword is not a, cl- a Scottish Claymore, but we'll... anyway. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. 
classic. Yeah, he just he just liked that one. Well, it's supposed to be a like traditional Scottish sword that is actually still used in some dress uniforms. However, that's not what that sword looks like. No, but it's fine. It. It's fine. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, the sword. At the end, speaking of the sword, didn't Kirk say not to charge in with swords at the very end? And then isn't that what they do? Oh, probably. Yes, I think oh. so. He also says star date. Armageddon, which I think yeah, is a great line. Was... <laughs> oh my god. It is, I it laugh is also, for like 15 minutes. <laughs> it is also a good, like, when he's about to teleport and then he sets down the sword, right? That's good imagery, I suppose, in some sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's putting down the barbarianism, right? The, the swords are these. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but whatever. He's put, like, but that's the that's the imagery of them, right? That's what they're standing in for. Oh, yeah. This, it's a, again, it's the bonk time. bonk on the head. This is what we're... Right. Please understand my amazing symbolism. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Uh, so, speaking of the messages, are there other things? I liked the line from the Klingons early in the episode that the... We have no devil, Kirk, but we understand the habits of yours. I like that line. <laughs> yeah, that's, <good> <laughs> that's all. Now we can go to messages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think anything else I would have is probably gonna get is probably in that messages. So. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, obviously the big one, and then all the little ones that they kind of also hammer you over the head. Um, uh, obviously, to some extent, anti-violence. Um, is a theme to some extent communications are being uh being key are a theme uh communications and i think diplomacy um and an undertone of like you have to think for yourself instead of being directed by others aka the sparkly ball especially with the klingons that comes out um in the end that's what gets the klingon commander right he's like kang he's like yeah we will hate because we want to hate or whatever which is (laughs) problematic it's itself also. an interesting message right because it, it's there is a peaceful part here but it is that that idea of like you know the message is more about the space cloud not dictating your lives right mm-hmm. the, the space cloud not telling you what to do it's not to say that um because and, and part of this right part of this tos is that everything the federation always has to be about peace right which is why chekhov is um possessed to you know be evil because Chekhov couldn't be evil um and they couldn't just put a red shirt in there but yeah right well and yes Chekhov can't be evil and then Chekhov as this like child really can't be evil right like he's he's a darling obviously (laughs) be your face (laughs) I know I know he's not what I'm trying to say is the writers are trying to portray him as such to emphasize homeless that's not his actual personality sure, whatever <laughs> oh wow i have issues with this anyway i know i know you do and i do too and i i found it disturbing for several reasons too nonetheless i don't think there could have been an episode more appropriate right now for the present socio-political climate well, we should say, right, in terms of the, the historical parallels, right, this aired on November 1st, 1968, right, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously a time right in there. Um, a time similar to now. Yeah. For several reasons. There have been a lot of think pieces about that. Anyway. Uh, 
yeah, this is just oh, so relevant. And also just, it's, it's somewhere to me, it's very relevant, but I didn't find it that great of an episode. And it's hard. <laughs> and I well, don't know I agree. what to do. <laughs> I yeah, agree. I, I, I agree. The 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 messaging gets tricky there, um, because again they're, they're using the Klingons, right? Ooh. Which that I think that's the part that gets tr- tricky to do this as well as possible. It, it it does feel like one of these where they're trying to address those issues, though, right? And trying to get at some of this, but it's almost certainly the case. And I mean, we should say, right? It's it's um, all of us on this podcast it, with. It would be good to hear um, sort of how this reads to someone who is a person of color, right? Which we are not. Um, but it's also almost certain that there was not a person of color in the writer's room for this episode. No, definitely not. Um, Absolutely. Definitely not. So any and... of the messages that are being put out there are not... They're being given through that that white lens of a white writer's room, Um a mostly white cast, though, again, Star Trek was better at this than a lot of series of the time. But in this episode, I don't think there are any black actors. There are. There was yeah. a security officer in uh, this. Uh, was there. Wait. Oh, Uhura yes. Uhura was there Uhura. very, very briefly. Um, and there's Sulu, who's an actor of color. Sure. Not African-American. Sure. Oh, I, I was, yeah, I was thinking specifically black. It would be, again, it would be interesting to hear how this reads, right, how this is read by someone who is a person of color, mm-hmm. right? That would be a very interesting take on this. So if, yeah. if we have listeners, listeners who are, are um, people of color, um, it would be very, very interesting to hear those perspectives on this episode and what this episode reads differently in those contexts. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the point, the uh, Chekhov scene, right, is very interesting because... Um, you can talk about that from a perspective of being a woman. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like, you know, those are, are places where I c- cannot understand that perspective the same way you can. Right. Um, and so that's a great opportunity. Um, and it's, that's why like, it's great to have you on this, this podcast for that, um, which not many podcasts even have women on the podcast. So, um, but I, I think respecting that, we all have that blind spot for the racist parts of this episode because we can't understand those, those of being something that is not white. Um, it's also important, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the, the big things here. So that's Agreed. worth pointing out. Yeah. Okay. Shall we talk about the villain and where we're going to put the sparkly lights? Elf. Oh boy. The sparkly cloud is quite powerful. Yeah, actually, sparkly, sparkly light elf is is sparkly elf. The fact that we know so little about its powers is what's so tricky here. I think. Yeah. Yeah, we can make a lot of assumptions, right? And we can kind of list the things that it's done. It it has cute powers, right? A bit, yeah. It can do almost anything. It can do a lot of things. I think it definitely needs to go up like, at least okay. in like superhuman gods kind of area. So Magmar, right? Magmar is what we call <laughs> the also unnamed 
very clearly parallel villain in the Savage Curtain, yeah. right? That was just like, I don't understand evil, so So fight. do stuff. Um, but I would say, I would put is... I would put Sparkly Lights above Magmar because it can influence the brains of people. Like, it can inter- influence right. their thought patterns sure. and change their, like, especially with Chekhov, change, like, their history to them. Just so yeah. disturbing. Which is, yeah, yeah, super messed up. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and you're right. Magmar never got the like they they were always conscious. They were always themselves. Of, yeah, in, of the deception. Right. Well, and when Magmar wasn't around, like they had conversations and they planned without him knowing. Again, I'm gendering Magmar without them knowing. Um. So, and this space cloud seems to kind of be everywhere around the ship anytime, right? Mm-hmm. And much more than Magmar. Yeah, and so Mitchell. <sighs> I think next. the question, right? I yeah, think Mitchell's next. The question is, if you put Mitchell there, does Mitchell take this thing? Yeah, I think that's. The only I think question. that is the question, and I don't know the answer. I, Mitchell... It also might depend on where in Mitchell's power he is, because Mitchell's power the is the end, grow, right? The, the right? end of the episode, right? The the point where he has the most of it. But mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, he's defeated just by like a pile of rocks. Uh, no, at Elizabeth, right? Yeah, right. At the, um, she's weakening him in, at that point too. Um, oh yeah, that's right. And she has the same powers, right? He gets into right. that, right? But. The fact that they defeat him is only because there's a second one of him, essentially. So I don't think we could use the fact that they defeated him and not this. Right. Well, I'm actually this creature Magmar is defeated either. quite easily. Well, but they don't they don't get rid of it, right? Right. Right. Um, the same with Magmar. They just say, right. "Oh, cool. Enjoy your planet, I guess. Bye." Um, mm, that's true. Where a lot of these things, so like Apollo, Sylvia, Nancy, the companion. Um, Parman, well, they do leave Parman, don't they? Yeah, um, well, they just take away his plants. Or they yeah. eat the plants so they're equal with Parman. So, I, I, we're definitely saying this is above Magmar. But I, I don't know. I think I'm leaning that it's still below Mitchell. I think I am, too. I'm fine with Par- that. Partly because Mitchell has more clearly defined... Powers, um, yeah. Powers and motives, right? Yeah. That, that he is able to talk and say, I'm doing this. Because. I'm doing this and this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I do think that Mitchell's probably more powerful, but I think that this creature is more dangerous. Yeah. That's fair. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. This creature is more dangerous as an abstract idea, right? Because it is. Definitely. Again, that like 30,000 feet up. Um, this like creature that flies around and makes everyone racist is. <laughs> problematic um and I'd say yeah <laughs> it's a cause of a lot a lot of problems right and in a very abstract sense um but in a sci-fi sense if we're thinking about this list right the only abstract idea we have on here is time travel time travel in tomorrow's yesterday yeah um yeah so yeah this is a weird one. It is. But I, I think below Mitchell above Magmar is appropriate and makes sense. Hmm. Yep. I like that. Let's do it. Shall we play bingo? Let's play bingo. All right. I have a few clarifiers this time around. 
Um, Naturally. Obviously. I always do. At least one, usually. Um, so the weapons. We, we have a square for weapons don't work. They're changed to swords. They're not phasers anymore. So, but swords are weapons and they work as swords. But... Do we have it specifically phasers don't work? No, it's weapons don't work. But, I mean, phasers are generally accepted as the the weapon weapon of choice in Star Trek. Uh, I could see arguments both ways of weapons don't work. So I have no real opinion and I'm awaiting your judgment. Certainly the weapons are altered. They still work. Yes. But well, they, the but original intention of the work. weapons don't work. You're saying right? phasers don't work. Right. That's the question. Oh, wow. that's. I know, right? Because the phasers become swords, which then work as swords. Correct. But, but they're not phasers anymore. But the phasers which means don't the phasers work. don't work. <laughs> and then the chicken and the egg. So... <laughs> You know me, I'm always for leniency, so I vote that the weapons don't work. It says phasers don't work, though, not weapons don't work. No, it says weapons don't work. It says weapons. Oh, weapons don't work, then... They're still weapons. They still work, is what I would say. They're still 30,000 feet up, to keep using that, right? They're still weapons. They're still using them to hurt other people. Okay. I'm, Abby, I'm fine. You with, gotta decide it. I know. I I'm fine with not having it. Like, cause it does. Usually, when we say weapons don't work, it means the phasers for some reason don't fire, and no one knows why. You, you point the phaser. Yeah, and, and you it say, doesn't work. Why isn't it working? And then you look at it and hold it up. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we'll just we'll work out that. Um. So there is the point where Scotty is talking about the ship, and I don't know why it's not, it's still holding together. We're at warp nine. I'm not doing anything. So I is know, that, that funny. Scotty, the engines kind of take not much more of this or not? I thought it was, I actually thought of that when it was happening. And I, I did think it was because he's like, it's, we're going to fall apart. And <laughs> like, we like, right, it's, right. it's at warp nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's shocking that he says this so rarely, right? This singular thing he probably said once. Um, um, because have we come across him ever saying that yet that the engines can't take more I think there's been a few times I think there's been once right? and it usually isn't like exactly the, which is why I have no, Scotty says this or similar it's the it's the yeah. it's the Scotty being one of, um, is it, hyper about the engines is it one of these <laughs> is it one of these like Luke I am your father sort of things where like that line is never said but everybody just like push that together into one thing i think it's partially Um, yeah i think it's partially that so we have this trope that's a amalgamate of all these yeah which is why i have or similar on the bingo sheet yeah (laughs) and and i think this counts as similar because he's definitely like the end like i don't even know what's holding us together like you know we're about to fall apart if you've got a similar on there then i'm on board okay let's count it then fantastic um the last one for clarifiers is spock shows emotion I Absolutely, mean, he does, but he's possessed. hundred percent. It doesn't well, matter. In the naked again, time, he's possessed and he shows emotion. And in again, Plato's I, I stepchildren, he's possessed, but he shows emotion. And I don't think again, we did. We don't have clarification on whether. I don't think this thing is possessing them in the way that other episodes. It's making them do things, mm-hmm. but it's not like inhabiting their body. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I would say yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Then that is cl- end of clarifiers. What do you think? I think no, because we never get it. <laughs> it's not true. I'll say You've yeah. It. There's there's a lot of there's a Kirk speech. There's Klingon show up. We we needed that square a bunch of times. We have needed that square. Um, <laughs> I hope it's on there. <laughs> there's Falcon neck pinch. Spock almost certainly says fascinating or interesting or one of those. Um, boy, a red shirt doesn't die. There's but, probably a recurring man, character. I really expected that red shirt to die. Let's I know, it it's there. true. And he doesn't, it's upsetting. Is it upsetting because it didn't make us win bingo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always I'll sad yes. when something almost <laughs> happens and, and it's on the sheet and it doesn't happen and it's so close. That always upsets me. But you just have the pen over waiting, waiting. Yeah, <laughs> so close. But yeah, all right. So as as usual, Paul's like sure, and Chelsea's like no, and we we didn't we didn't get bingo, and we no. weren't actually kind of close. To, there there are a bunch. Um, Sulu sets the course at one point. There's Klingon. Spock shows emotion. Oh, yeah. The bridge shakes. Uh, there's captain's log entry. Kirk speech. Spock says fascinating wow. twice. There's a recurring lot. actor um, and the Scotty's engines, etc. There is a Vulcan neck pinch and space powers, but we don't have squares for either of those on this bingo sheet. Oh, shoot. So we missed those. Yeah, so we, there's a bunch. They're just kind of all over the bingo sheet, so we didn't get it, which is sad. But, oh, well, to play again another week. <laughs> oh, right. did you get the real live hat out? Yeah, the real yeah. live hat ziplock. Let's see what we're watching uh, next time. Nice. Let's see. Something good, I hope. Uh, well, we're staying in season three. Awesome. Episode 11, Wink of an Eye. A group of aliens who exist in a state of incredible acceleration invade the Enterprise and abduct Captain Kirk. I have no memory Oh, oh my gosh. This so, <laughs> let me tell you guys. Uh, my roommate had this on yesterday, so I just watched this yesterday. <laughs> and I also had no memory of it. I didn't even remember that it existed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, can't even... I have nothing. It has some amazing costumes. 10 out of 10. Abby, you are going to want to oh, talk about no. these costumes. <laughs> wow, yeah, I just Googled it. Wow. I always worry about this a little bit. Oh my goodness. No, no. They're like, first of all, they're full of sparkles. So, you know, there's a lot of power here. (laughs) I do like a sparkle. It's true. I know. It's, it is a great, it's, oh gosh, you guys are going to be happy. I'm trying to look at some images. I do not remember this episode. I did not remember it at all. How am I not remembering this episode? I know. I asked myself that same thing because it is, it seems iconic from the costumes. Um, but no, I, I didn't even like remember that it existed till I watched it literally yesterday. I've got, yep, I've got nothing. Well, we're going to find <laughs> out, listeners. Maybe you remember this episode and uh, <laughs> Let's hope. we super don't. So we'll, we'll find out next time. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 3DBMUP, at Beam3, whatever. You'll figure it out. Uh, you can email us at info at 3DBMUP.com. Um, and say hey whenever, and join us next time when we figure out what episode we're watching in Wink of an Eye.